Welcome to the Hammer Lane, a private podcast dedicated to the employees of Enterprise Transportation. Your host and Vice President of Trucking, Casey Teague, will cover topics that are important to you, our favorite employee. Posted once a month, we hope you find this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. From interviews answering your questions, we'll try and cover all that's relevant to our business. If you have questions you'd like addressed, email them to thehammerlane at eprod.com. That is, again, thehammerlane at eprod.com. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, guys. Welcome to our second podcast, episode two. And I I don't really have a good name for this one yet. I'll have to come up with a good name. But during this uh, second podcast... Uh, the hammer lane, we've got, uh, some introductions to do. So I, I figured the content for this one will be uh, round Robin amongst the staff, uh, here at 1100 Louisiana. And first up is a guy named Seth Barnes. Um, we, we've got, uh, new, uh, new blood at enterprise. He's not new to the oil and gas industry though. Um, but before we get into our interview with Seth and Seth is our new HR director, um, I wanted to bid farewell to someone that's definitely left his mark on enterprise transportation. And, and I, I know a lot of you guys uh, either have interacted with him or his team. Tom Johnson, uh, his title was Senior Director for uh, the HR team that supported trucking. He also uh, supported some pipeline assets in uh, our Marine group. He decided it was time to hang it up and retire to the Hill Country which is a, a beautiful area to retire to. Uh, we, stay, we still stay in contact with him periodically, and uh, he's been known to text me a few pictures of him with a glass of whiskey. It, it seems like he and his bride, Lisa, are, they're enjoying having, uh, have not having to set an alarm clock anymore. And, uh, I wanted to thank Tom for all the counsel, all the support, um, and the advice, whether it was wanted or not, over the last seven years. It was always good advice, and uh, he, he, he certainly left his DNA on, uh, on this organization. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom's retirement brings a new HR director uh, who's, who's joining me today. He's no stranger to the oil and gas industry. Seth Barnes comes to us from Plains All-American. Sometimes we refer to Plains All-American as Plains Un-American. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but they don't use exclusively... Uh, U.S. made steel in their pipe. Oh, no, I they, didn't know that. They sourced their pipe from China. So, planes, un-American. But anyway, <laughs> Seth, welcome. I appreciate you putting up with me today and, and just taking some time to introduce yourself to the team. I, I, I think I think uh, folks would like to uh, get a better understanding or uh, hear about uh, our staff up here who supports them. A lot of the times they, they hear them on the phone and, you know, really don't know much about them. Um, so we can get to know you a little better. Why don't you take a few minutes and just tell us a little bit about yourself? You can do. First, thanks for having me, and hello to everyone out there. Excited to be here at Enterprise Products. Been about two months in and really enjoying my time. Uh, my background, I have 18 years in human resources, primarily in oil and gas industry. So um, I've been in the upstream, downstream, chemical, and midstream businesses. So I've got a lot of experience in oil and gas, uh, worked for a small upstart upstream company mm-hmm. sitting at their manufacturing site. We'd have breakfast every Friday. They cook it up in the, in the 
in the kitchen there, and it was it was great. Um, so you're used to the Breakfast Club. Oh, absolutely. It's not new to you. No, no, absolutely. Very used to it. So uh, went from there to Exxon Mobil and uh-huh. worked there for around 14 years, a little over 14 years. Uh, had a lot of various roles there, and then my last role, as you mentioned, was at Plains All American, and then lucky enough to get over here to Enterprise. So. Uh, my background, I have a master's in HR from Texas A&M University, so I bleed maroon, but as Chad Woods likes to say, we bleed blue here, so I, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, get, I get it. My, my middle boy is, uh, is at A&M. So. You raised him right. I don't know. I, <laughs> I told him, I was like, buddy, you know, Texas A&M, really? I, I thought you wanted to go to college. <laughs> and he's like, no, Dad, I want to be an Aggie. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I'm a graduate of Sam Houston, right down okay. the street. Right down the street. So yeah. most people that uh the 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 um I think the attitude of, of years going by has been can't get into Texas A and M. Hey, Sam Houston's right down the street. But you know who A and M is playing in their first game next year? Sam Houston. Sam Houston, we're gonna whip their butt. <laughs> I told Parker, I'm like, there's no way. I mean, I, I hate to see y'all get a butt whipping in your first game. And that's something I'm going to be there with my Sammy the Bearcat shirt on. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be embarrassing for somebody. Well, uh, my last thing, I'm married uh, to my college sweetheart. So we met at A&M. Agree. Have three kids, uh, two in high school. Uh, one's going into sixth grade. So, um, you know, very busy at work and very busy outside of work, too. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kids will do it to you. Good Lord. I got three. <laughs> so, you know, in talking to Tom, I always got a sense that uh, within the HR group, and there's quite a few folks down there, uh, your peers always felt like one of the most difficult groups to support uh, was trucking. So, just to be clear, you're, you're here of your own free will, correct? I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm here on my own free will. Have, uh, have a great team. I have, I have 10 folks that uh, support HR and various groups in the company. So um, trucking is, of course, the most important group. We also support Marine, and we support Eastern Operations. So that's our TE pipeline that goes from Houston up to New York, and then the Dixie Pipeline that goes from Houston area up through into North Carolina. Okay, all right, and and, and we really do. We we look forward to working with you, and I, I really, do. I don't think you're going to have too much to worry about from trucking, but but those boat people, man, they're a different breed. Those guys, they're going to drive you to drink. <laughs> I screwed up my laughter. That's my cue. <laughs> but you know, let's get back on track. Speaking of drinking. What what's your beverage of choice? No, I I enjoy a good beer. Um, we have a local brewery in in Pearland where I'm at, and okay. it's a uh, it's a great atmosphere. It's got a huge outdoor patio area, so my wife and I like going over there and enjoying a beer or two. And and they do a lot for the community, and it's a it's a really good place. So we, we like to go over there quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get out and about, and I imagine we'll. We'll share a beer or two together. Sounds like a plan. Yep. And uh, tell us something about yourself that, you know, we, we wouldn't connect with you. Like, when I first got here, um, nobody knew I was kind of into the off-road scene and the rock crawling thing. And, you know, they let, when they found out, they are like, really? I, I never would have connected that with you. 
give us a fun fact that folks would look at you and go, no way. Well, I like to, I like to try out different things like uh, camping and traveling. And, but one thing people usually are surprised about, I, st- I lived in um, Spain for a summer with a family. Oh, nice. And uh, what I ended up doing was going to do running with the bulls in Pamplona. Oh, so that's cool. A fun did they fact. catch you? They they did not, thankfully, but it was something I will never, ever, ever do again. Yeah, I don't think I'd do that. No, it, I've got a lot more judgment over time here. Yeah, you know? yeah you've become a little wiser. A little wiser. Uh, <laughs> I'd be a spectator, but I, I wouldn't do it again. I have a friend of mine that did that. He was he was there, and he, he made it. But yeah, yeah, I, I would not have done that. So. No, no, I uh, I wouldn't advise it. But that's usually a fun <laughs> fact people don't know about. Yeah, no, oh, that's interesting. When 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 did you live in Spain? Oh gosh, I don't want to say how long ago it was, but it was uh, in the late nineties. Okay, and, right. uh, with your parents? So no, I no. was on my own, living okay. with the family, and they didn't speak a word of English. So it was really wow. eye opening for me. Uh, I was taking Spanish in college, but I mean, I should have paid attention more. Right in the. I, c- I couldn't tell you how much Spanish I've taken, and I, I can't, I can't speak a lick. Of well, it. you know what? It made me appreciate just um, you know living in another country. You know, I've worked with folks um, that have come over from you know. When I was at Exxon. I had friends that were in Argentina came and stayed, came and worked for the company, and to be able to speak dual languages it was very yeah. impressive. So it made me appreciate things like that more when you can. Can understand. you speak it now? I can't. A lot. I I can speak a little bit. Right. But, um, I lost it all. I did actually when I was over there. When you're immersed in it, man, I learned a lot over time when I was there. So I I lived with the family. They didn't know. They like I said, didn't speak any English. So for me, it was it was you know you you better figure it out or you're not right. going to have much of a conversation for the next three months. So. so so there I was, fresh graduate, Sam Houston State University, off through the ROTC department, joined the Army. First duty station was Germany. Just married, so my wife and I, uh, she grew up in the same house in Pasadena, um, graduated from uh, Deer Park High School. We met, same thing, uh, college sweethearts. And uh, we flew off to Germany and had, what, 22, yeah, 22 years old, had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, and got off the plane, and nobody, at least, I think they spoke English, but they didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And so trying to figure out, okay, I'm in Frankfurt. How do I get to Karlsruhe? <laughs> Not knowing German, all I could do was point. Right, and, right. And, you know, this stupid American, they didn't understand, so I just got louder. <laughs> well, that, that was actually a cool experience for me because um, building on that, we went to France after I went to Spain. I just went and traveled a little bit. Right. And there was a woman speaking Spanish to someone that worked in the subway and they were telling him I only speak English or French. So I went over and I was the translator for it. And it was the <laughs> great, best experience because I actually understood what she was saying and I could I could get the person to the right, or I hope I got him to the right place. Hey, when, when you were there, did they have air conditioning in their housing? Uh, no. No, they didn't in Germany either. They really need to rethink yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was really yeah. hot. So that's neat. Yeah, I, we enjoyed our European tour. We were there for... I think three years. My daughter was born in Heidelberg. Okay. So did yeah, you learn German? I I could order at a restaurant. I actually I learned a little bit more than I thought I would because I'm horrible with languages. Like like I said, I I took I don't know how many years of Spanish. Can't speak a lick. But like you said, when you're immersed in it, 
and you have no choice, you kind of pick up things. And I got to where I could understand what they were saying to me. So yeah, it, it was neat. It was a, that was a beautiful place. So um, getting back on track with uh, with with work stuff, um, you really have already made an impact on our team in, in just the short time you've been here. Um, and as you know, we've talked about recruiting and retention of professional drivers. It's a challenge for every carrier out there right now, and, and enterprise transportation, we're no exception. So since you've been here for a little while and had a chance to think on it, observe what we're doing, give us a little bit about um, how you plan to help us get in front of some of those recruiting challenges. Yeah, so uh, for me, I think there's, with recruiting, we're really focused on process um, and how we do things and why we're doing them. Uh, that's kind of a, a theme for me is always always asking those two questions. And with recruiting, we, 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 do, we spend a lot of effort in that area, but me coming in new with fresh eyes, I'm able to, uh, I was able to find some things. We kind of walked through and broke everything down and was able to just try to understand how long has it taken us to get people in the door? Yeah. How, you know, how much, uh, where are we spending our recruiting efforts? How often are we refreshing those efforts? Uh, meaning if we post something on Indeed, are we leaving it out there for two months? Or are we going out and really every few weeks refreshing that? So it gets, and I, and I think traction. that's really, we, we've seen, um, we've seen how that's been helpful mm -hmm. to us. I mean, it, I think the Indeed, um, absent going out and paying for high dollar consultants and everything else, the Indeed thing has started to get some traction. And I think it's since we've been refreshing it because you can go out there and look, I know we have a, an ad posted uh, for drivers or mechanics in Baytown and you go and search and you get to page 25 before you get to our ad. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I'm probably not going to 25. Yeah. I am because I'm looking for that ad to see what page it's on. But now it, we're at the top most of the time. And I would ask the, the listeners, hey, if you're ever sitting there on the, on the Internet while you're sitting in the, uh, the driver's shack at uh, West Rack, um, go in there and, and see where we are and let us know. Um, you can give us an email at thehammerlane at eprod.com, E-P-R-O-D.com, and just, just let us know if you've taken a look. If you can't find us, let, let, us, uh, let us know that too. So, yeah, re recruiting – that's that's a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. But to me, it goes hand in hand with that's um, retention, right? So it, for us, we have best in class drivers. We have great employees work really hard and uh, really have a lot of passion for the company. And and what I would say is, it's a big focus for us to really, you know, want to keep our employees, build the right environment, so yeah. they that we that we're able to provide them with great benefits, but also, you know, safe of work and, and doing their jobs so they can get back home to their families. So the more we recruit, the more we, the quicker we get people in here, the, we have le less opportunities for people to be driving, you know, outside of their normal area and being able to get home at night. And that's the feedback we get from folks is they want to be at home. Yeah. We can't do it all the time, but you know, it helps when we have a lot more drivers sure. and we're able to leverage that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I don't know why, but I, uh, I never connected the dots between, um, recruiting and retention. Um, I'm just kind of that simple sometimes, but you know, you made a good point and it was probably our first meeting 
um, I asked you uh, to take a look at our recruiting effort. Hey, what can you do? And and we sat down, and, and you had an interesting uh, point was, hey, look, you know, yeah, recruiting's important, and we're going to get after it. Um, but, you know, just as important is um, retention um, and keeping, keeping our drivers, keeping all of our employees, because if we can reduce our retention or our turnover, uh, and right now it's roughly 35%-ish, um, which industry-wide, that's probably okay. That's good uh, for the trucking industry. Guys like a Werner, a Swift, those mm-hmm. big box carriers, um, they're right at 100%. They're, and they've got, what, a 40,000, 50,000-truck fleet. So that's, a, that's, a, that's huge. That's huge. Um, 100% of their drivers are leaving um, out the door uh, every year. So thank goodness we don't have that. 35%, um, you know, my opinion, that's high for us because typically we run in probably the low to mid-20s is what we've been since I've been here. And, again, that's been, you know, seven and a half plus years. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to get back. If we could just get back down to that um, and reduce our retention, let's just call it 10%. You know, that's just that many drivers we don't have to recruit for. That's right. You know, it just takes the burden off of that. Yeah, no, I mean, if you, you take that number, you're looking around 35, 40 drivers. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty significant. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they definitely play hand-in-hand, hand and we're doing all we can with my team and working with the trucking leadership to, you know, focus in those two areas. And if we're providing the right leadership, providing which means providing a great environment for our folks to thrive in, then um, I think I think we'll see – everything even out there yeah and you talk talk about leadership I, and I, I i drafted a thing i, I sent it to you mm-hmm. um on my thoughts on um what what good leadership is and um the fact that and i've bought into the whole idea that an organization a good organization has great leadership um and and so when you start thinking about what is that what does a leader do um or what does a good leader do um, he creates an environment, and I think that's one of the hardest concepts to understand. Um, you know, I remember when I was I was a company commander at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I'd just gotten into command, and that was kind of a big deal for me at the time. My first weekend, I had a kid go out to the – he was out at the strip club, and uh, he was driving, and he was drinking, and he got pulled over, got a DUI. So that Monday morning, you know, I, I found out about it that weekend. I'm in front of my battalion commander, this colonel, and he rips me up one side and down the other. And I was like, because this kid got a DUI. And I was like, why on earth? You know, I, I didn't say anything at the time other than yes, sir. And he had me at the position of attention and threw me out of his office after he's done with me and said, you're dismissed. And I walked away, and I was a little ticked off because, you know, how am I supposed to, am I supposed to go out with these guys and hold their hand and make sure they don't, you know, take their keys? No, that wasn't his point. It, it took a while for me to understand what his point was. His point was I failed to create that environment where that kid knew that was unacceptable. And that's what leadership, that's what leaders do. They create that environment. So had I created that environment where – these guys watch over each other because they know going out and drinking and driving is unacceptable. And, you know, th- 
that's what he was talking about. That's hard to do. You know, that's that's very difficult because it's not just barking orders. No, I think I think for me, bottom line, I, I mean, there's a lot of areas you can go into. I, I think what I see early days here and what I've been impressed with, I, I think our, our, our leaders truly care. Yeah. And I, I think that's stood out to me in many areas. But I think if you show that you care and that you want the best for that employee, then you get to open up the dialogue, open up the conversation, and, and build that trust. And that's really what I think leadership co- comes down to is that is that trust. And and I remember um, when I was at Exxon, I I was I moved into a new role. They were doing a major reorganization, the upstream that impacted it was over. 10, 15,000 employees, and I had a lot of responsibility in it, and I felt I was drowning and yeah. uh, was learning the upstream business. And and I remember my, I was nervous to tell my bo- new boss about it because I wanted to impress him, and I wasn't being very – I wasn't impressing him. It was my <laughs> feeling. Um, but what he did, it was great. He just took me uh, – he took me aside. We got away from the office, and we just kind of talked through – and he got me kind of to focus on the right things and break it down. Sometimes things are so big. Yeah. He broke it down for me to a point where I, I got the five objectives I need to do and figured out where I need to go. And sometimes it's, it's just that taking that time, 20 minutes of really refocusing you. Um, sometimes it's just getting to know you, right. And yeah. know who you are and what you're about and um, what, what your goals are at work, but also, you know, everyone's got a home life, you know, sure. wanting to figure out more about you as a person. So I think the more we do that, um, the, the better we'll be and the more we'll, we'll understand our folks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, talking about, um, we care, uh, that's not, that's not just at this level. It's not just at the manager and supervisor level. Um, I was on uh, PTO last week. And we had a gentleman that uh, had a medical issue, and uh, I was getting a phone call. Um, I was in the Jeep on the side of a mountain getting phone calls um, from uh, Randa's office, from uh, the chairman's secretary, asking about this gentleman. Um, so that's testament right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes all the way to Absolutely. the top. And, and that's not the first time that's happened. Um, I, I've been extremely impressed with how much folks care around here. Yeah. They really do. Yeah, 100%. So, okay, let's, uh, let's move on here. Um, you know, we, you've been here for a few weeks, two months, you said. Um, can you give us any differences in your observations here versus your prior life experience at some of the other companies? Um, yeah, I mean, the, a couple things. Uh, I think first, it's, it's a big company, but it, it feels small. Yeah. And so I don't know how best to say that, but it's a, uh, I, I, I love that about the company. I feel like, um, we're, we're big upstream, big midstream company that feels like a, a small, smaller kind of a mom and pop. Mom, kind yeah. Of deal. I mean, it really does. Yeah, I, it does. And I, I, I've really been pleased personally with that. And I think it stands out and it kind of comes back to the, to the, what you just said about Randa. I mean, that, that doesn't happen in every company I've been in. Yeah. And so um, I think that I think the caring and, and the attention to our folks is what has stood out so far. And um, for me, it's been, it's been it's been great. It's been two months 
it's only felt like one month though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies. Yeah. So let's, uh, the last thing we'll get into is, you know, every, every leader of an organization has an idea where they want to take their team, whether that be, you know, me here with the trucking company or our supervisors with their team of drivers, um, you and HR and your team, what's your kind of vision for your team? Yeah, for, for me, I'm, I'm really big on being a, a business partner. So I want to make sure that we're, I, th- I think we are doing that, but I, I think there's some opportunities there for us to really help the business. And and right now what I'm doing with my team is looking at the how. So how are we doing things currently? Like I mentioned with recruiting earlier, I want to look at that in a lot of our areas that we focus in and why are we doing things the way yeah. we do it. And I think that's where you start to, really see those opportunities and things where you can improve. And, and for me, that's, that's key early days. Um, and, and it's great because I'm coming in, I'm asking questions and it's because I really don't know. I mean, I'm literally new and trying sure. to understand the, how we do things here. And so, I, you know, people <clears throat> I think are, are good with that and, and have been very receptive to me doing that over the past few months. Yeah. And this, this leadership team, specifically trucking, is is all relatively new and every one of us it's been discovery learning the entire time so i tell people you know when when i first got here i'd kick over a rock you see what's under there and you go huh why are we doing that and then you start questioning hey why do we do this this way mm-hmm. and a lot of the time the answer is well that's just the way we've always done it um, so what i like to do is to challenge you know, the way we've always operated and shake things up a little bit. There's always a, a better way to do things. And, you know, I'd, last month's podcast um, was an interview with my dad. Mm-hmm. And what he said was, um, you know, you can always step back and take a look at the way you operate and what you do. And we all do a good job. Everybody's here doing a good job. Mm-hmm. But there's always a time when you can step back and go, you know what, I can do this a little bit better. Um, if I change this, that, and the other, and I would challenge folks to do that. So I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And and kudos to you and your team. I think everyone, you know, you asked about what's, what's different other companies, you know, with the trucking leadership specifically, you know, y'all have been very receptive to the new ideas, you know, challenging things. And I think that's for me coming in, uh, in HR, I think it's, it's great and been refreshing. So good. So appreciate I'm I'm glad to hear it. Well, that's, uh, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, Seth, welcome to the, to the team. Um, everybody now knows a little bit more about Seth Barnes, HR director, and uh, the new guy, and, and I'm fairly certain you'll uh, get some phone calls from these guys out in the field. You always do. Absolutely. And we Feel welcome, free to reach out. We welcome the phone calls. Um, guys, if you have uh, anything for me, for Seth, um, don't forget, send us an email, thehammerlane at eprod.com. And uh, that's going to wrap up this uh, episode two of the Hammer Lane. I appreciate you listening. Ladies and gentlemen, stay safe, stay out of the Hammer Lane, and uh, we will uh, see you on the road. Thanks. This has been a podcast for you, our favorite employee. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Casey and the team. If you would like to submit a question, remember to email them to thehammerlane at eprod.com. Again, that's thehammerlane at eprod.com. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and remember, do the best you can every day.